Hello, I am the host of Shifting Culture, Joshua Johnson. I just want to come on before the episode and tell you all thank you for listening. Did you know that big things are coming for Shifting Culture and you can be a part of it? We have just launched a Patreon. When you become a monthly patron to the show, you will get our episode ad-free, get early access to episodes, be able to download episode guides, and get bonus shows. Go to patreon.com slash shifting culture to support all that we are doing. Your support means that we can continue to help the body of Christ look more like Jesus. Again, go to patreon.com slash shifting culture. Thank you so much. Now, on to the episode. Hello, and welcome to the Shifting Culture Podcast, in which we have conversations about the culture we create and the impact we can make. I'm your host, Joshua Johnson. Go to shiftingculturepodcast.com to interact and donate. In this episode, we get to talk with Jonathan Falker. Jonathan is a mentor and coach for others that want to ignite movements to Christ. Through planting businesses and planting churches, Jonathan has seen the gospel spread to unreached areas and movements have emerged. Let's get to the conversation now. Well, welcome, Jonathan. I'm so glad you're here. Um, it's good to have you. Yeah, thank you, uh, Josh. Thank you yeah. for inviting me. Yeah, of course. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Um, and yeah, we've talked for a long time. We've talked for every week for, for years. So it'll be good yes. to get other people into our conversations. Yes, thank you. So I just want to know your your journey with missions and how did you get into missions? Um, what was that like? Yeah, well, I I came uh, to the Lord in a dramatic way in the end of two thousand and two. Um, so I was uh, having a severe depression, and at the time when I was around nineteen twenty, I was bullied and teased a lot when I was younger. Um, went on the wrong path, drinking and doing all sorts of bad stuff, Mm -hmm. ended into a depression when I was 19, didn't get out of my house, didn't get out uh, at all. And um, at that time, people in our church, because I've been grown up in a Christian family, but we were uh, they were open to the gifts of the spirit more and more. And yeah. uh, at one night there was like a service and I didn't want to go there. Um, <laughs> but I went there anyway. And um, suddenly I felt after that service, I felt the Holy Spirit fell on me. And I, I didn't know what it was at that time, but I, I just felt this warmth coming over me. I started to cry because yeah, all the pain of rejection came. I was like God's father's love came over me. Um, in a very tangible way. Yeah. And I cried for 45 minutes and uh, it was very intense, very powerful, strong encounter with the Holy Spirit and with the Father's love. Wow. And uh, I remember the next day I woke up and, and my depression was completely gone. Hmm. Um, it was like from one day till the next, it was gone. So I remember going to the university I was 19, 20, I was pretty young. And, and, and I remember going there and I, I felt uh, the sun under my skin again. I heard the birch uh, again. 
uh, everything that was gray was 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 turned into colors again. Mm. Uh, it was just amazing, and I I felt this very deep, deep, deep sense of um, the father's love that I was accepted, that I was worthy, I was more than enough. I didn't have to perform to earn love. Um, and I was so strong, so powerful. And then I just couldn't uh, stop worshiping Jesus. <laughs> it was very, very, very weird at that time. I was started worshiping, started reading the word of God. And I felt God's presence like very tangible. Um, and from there, it actually started my journey. Uh, journey of following Jesus is actually my journey on doing missions as well. But you cannot doing missions without worshiping Jesus. So it, it, is, it is all about worshiping Jesus. And then you want to tell other people about him because you are just so in love with him mm. um, and so in love with the father. So that's how my, my journey started actually. Wow. Um, yeah. I think yeah, that there's for, a lot of people they're struggling with depression and anxiety. Uh, I think it's happened, you know, in, in 2020, uh, in the year of COVID, a lot of people have been isolated and alone and have had some mental health, health issues. Um, I saw it very tangibly as I came back from the Middle East and moved back to America. Uh, I think there's a spirit of depression and anxiety that's over the United States um, uh, and people here. And I think one of the things that I've seen when people come out of it is a tangible encounter with Holy Spirit. Um, helping people encounter the love of the Father, to know that they are accepted, that they're in family, that they are a part of something bigger than themselves, and it's not just a, you know, a racket inside their brain, but there's there is something more. Um, and so, as you've encountered Jesus in an incredible way, you know, it seems like. Your impetus is to go out and help others have that same encounter um, of the Father's love so that they can live in freedom like you started to live in freedom. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you, this is spawn on. I'm, I'm, I, I think we've shared about this in the last several years, but I, I say to other people as well, most of the issues in relationships, in, in businesses, in communities, in politics, it's all about identity. It's, mm -hmm. it's all about knowing and experiencing that you are accepted by God as a son or a daughter of the king, yeah. a son or daughter of, uh, of the father. Um, if you don't have that sense of identity be, belonging, you would, you would be trapped in anxiety and fear and a lot of other things that would hold you back. And mm -hmm. I actually think that that that's the key to key to everything identity, yeah. Uh, being a son, being a daughter, and being enough. You know, it's enough to be a son, to be a daughter, and to live out of that identity. And especially now, I I feel like with the spirit of fear hovering over the world, with spirit of depression. Yeah. Uh, we haven't received the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of self-discipline. What Paul Paul said. And, and uh, Romans 8 comes to mind as well, where, where Paul said, um, the spirit of adoption. And we have not mm. re received the spirit of fear, but we have received the spirit of adoption. 
like uh, in which we cry out "Abba, Father." It has been one of my life life verses. Yeah. Romans eight. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So so let. Yeah, I I, I want to bring these encounters to people. I want to well, I I, I want to help people to encounter the Holy the, the Holy Spirit that reveals the Father's love. Yeah, um, that's yeah. good. And so how did you get into that place where you said, hey, I want to go and do some cross-cultural work and cross-cultural missions and not just uh, live, you know, in the Netherlands. Uh, maybe you wanted to go overseas. How did you get into cross-cultural ministry? Uh, yeah, it's a very good question. So after I, um, I was saved very radically, I started to pray with several of our friends in my living room um, and within within a year there were around 30 40 people coming in and out of my house and and and, and we were just amazing we were worshiping praying people came to know the lord people were healed and and it was just an incredible time and from there um i learned a lot in ministering to young people as well but i was reading the scriptures and i saw the book of acts and i thought like yeah this is not only for here it's not only for mm. this is not only for the nice western place where we are living in i saw jesus calling us matthew 28 go into the world go into all nations and teaching them to obey and baptizing them um yeah reaching all nations was was a call of of god that i felt actually it was more from the scripture just reading it and like and reading the book of acts and like wow there's it's so much more out hit out there than than this little town that I am living in and yeah obviously we had people um influence big time in my life one is Floyd McClung who obviously he passed away last last week but he came to Holland in 2007 I attended one of his meetings and I said like what what he was saying I like we are doing that you know I, I mm. see this happening within our communities and talked about discipleship, about reaching the neglected peoples of the earth, about servant leadership. And I thought, wow, uh, what he's saying we are doing, and he's actually calling me to, to go further and to do more. Yeah. Um, so actually, I think in, during that time was 2003 till six, um, it started to shift into my heart. Like, yeah, that, that deep father's love is not for only the people here, but it's for the unreached, for the people that have never heard about Jesus. I want to share it with them. So that's how our journey, um, how we ended into cross-cultural missions as well. Yeah, that's good. And I know that, you know, as you started to to walk into it, uh, cross-cultural missions is not an easy thing for the person going cross-culturally. It's, uh, and it can often be a struggle. Um, what was your experience like as you walked into it? <laughs> That's a very good question. Yeah, so um, we lived several months in Cambodia, and we lived uh, overseas in uh, overseas in a cross-cultural setting in Spain, where we uh, planted churches. So, um, yeah, several of our struggles were balancing time uh, and mm -hmm. uh, energy. Um, that has been a big struggle, especially when you land into a new culture. You need to learn the language. You need to understand the culture, which takes a lot of energy and time. And, and while um, 
we were in Spain, I was also starting a business. Uh, so we had all these things at the same time, learning language, culture, business, uh, ministry. So, uh, and our second uh, child was born there as well. So all these came. Uh, we didn't have a team. So it was a, <laughs> a recipe for disaster. Uh, so yeah, one of our struggles was, yeah, really balancing time. Um, and balancing time, energy. Um, and I think one of the lessons that I've learned is you always need to go into a team. Yeah. Um, I, I am generally, I was very independent. Now I've learned <laughs> the hard way uh, that independence doesn't, doesn't take you far. I remember uh, reading uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Uh, that's a very uh, a good book. And yeah. uh, I think he says like the, Covey says that the the um, the highest form of maturity is interdependence. So you need to be mm -hmm. independent, but then you go to, to interdependent state where you you realize it is about doing things together. Yeah. Uh, where where one and one will be ten or even twenty or even one hundred. So um, wow. yeah. So be together in a team and be as a team is really important. Wow. I, I mean, that interdependence is so important. I mean, you think of, of Jesus and he practiced that even, even as God himself come to earth incarnate, he was interdependent. He was dependent on his disciples, the people around him. Um, he, when he called Peter uh, to follow him, he asked Peter to row him out into a boat so he could teach the crowd. He was dependent on him to to keep that boat steady. Um, when he went uh, to the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, friends, please pray with me. I need you as well. It's not just me that is going through this pain. I need you. Um, he said to the Samaritan woman at the well, say, can you give me a drink of water? Can you lift this yeah. up? Give it to me. He practiced this interdependence as someone that really is all powerful, can do whatever he wants to, can walk on water, can make bread and fish multiply. But he was dependent on others. I think that's pretty a pretty good example to follow. Yeah. Uh, Pretty yeah. good reason why we should have some interdependence. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe I can I can tell a story about uh, uh, in my personal life because yeah. when we started uh, living in the place where we are living now, we wanted to reach Muslim people, and there was one day that uh, I we needed to have a new mattress for our for our bed, and I talked to my wife and I said, well, we could we could rent maybe a vehicle and just get this mattress but we could also go to our muslim neighbor who has a big van and we ask yeah. if he can help us and so we 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 uh submit ourselves to him and we just make us dependent on him yep um so i asked him to help me and he was more than willing to help and out of that a friendship emerged um and we started to talk about jesus have coffee with him um so Sometimes you think you can do it by yourself, but if you ask right. somebody, that really helps the person to. It, it's it's good for them and 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 for me as well. So <laughs> there 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 was another story that re reminds me, uh, is that there was this missionary somewhere, and they were talking about there there was this group of people. They were talking about the same man over and over again, 
you know, talking about the same and over and over again. And and there was one reporter came in and he said, why why is this person so so special? And they said because he asked us to help him. Yeah, yeah. That's why he was respected in the community instead of we are the missionaries going into the community and we know everything better. Are we gonna bring the way of right. the kingdom into that area? No, 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 no. It's like you are. Uh, you be dependent on that community and people really respect it and like that. So and these are two stories that come to mind about how, how important interdependence is. Yeah, it's really important. Uh, you didn't last forever in Spain. You're not in Spain now. You're not planting churches no, in Spain no, now. No. Um, what happened? Why did you leave? And what did you learn from that experience? Yeah, so as I said, um, we had several factors, like we were learning a new language, um, culture, doing evangelism, starting a business in a foreign context, and having our second child born uh, was just too much to handle. So we were part of it was we were, uh, we had some support race, but we also depended on my business that I just yeah. started in uh, Spain. So all these things uh, added up. And I came into a burnout. I was just so exhausted. I couldn't do anything anymore. I couldn't get out of bed. I was just tired the whole day. And so we decided we had to go. We had to move back. And um, yeah, it was very painful. Um, it was very difficult. Uh, we, we needed like uh, at least half a year or sometimes even more to recover. Um, and during that time, we we really learned, well, through that, I, I learned a lot. So one thing is, as I said, like you need to uh, be part of a team. That's one. Mm -hmm. I, we already talked about that. Uh, the other thing is as well, like um, extend yourself grace. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is not easy for me. <laughs> like extending yourself grace and uh, not everything has to go at once. Um, or you have to do it now. So that's the uh, second, I think, uh, the third lesson that we learned the need to let go, yeah, which, which goes along with extending grace or letting go. Um, yeah, fourth, the fourth lesson, what I learned as well, is like um, not everyone needs to do cross-cultural missions to go to another place. So... I, I, what I mean by that, I, I discovered a lot about my own giftings and my, my callings as well, where I'm yeah. very good at it. So I, I really like the evangelism part. I'm, I'm, I'm strong in that part, but I'm also strong in the apostolic training part for the strategy and mentoring and coaching others. And when you are, we were in a very small island, pretty isolated. Mm -hmm. um, it was not a place for me to thrive and to really make a big impact. So for me, it was more like mobilizing others and modeling evangelism and discipleship. That was good, but not the, the being isolated part. Uh, right. So I learned a lot from my own giftings as well. I don't say that's for everybody. It, it's really about yeah. your own giftings and your own calling. Uh, and I actually learned that I it was also growth in my calling and gifting as well to be have a bigger impact by mentoring and training other people. We, we, I'm doing it now in multiple nations, eight or nine or 10, I, I, I can't even count, <laughs> but the impact is getting bigger because you 
train leaders to multiply leaders to multiply leaders to multiply right. churches and disciples and businesses everywhere, which I, I could never do in a from a remote island, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So how are what are the steps that you use to find your purpose uh, and your calling uh, using your your gifts and abilities, everything that God had planted inside of you? Um, and how can others find their purpose in what God has called them to do? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> um, yeah, I think one of the most important things is is ask yourself this question like, uh, what gives you the most joy? So what gives you the most joy that you can do it forever and you, you don't want to go to sleep because you, you just, you have, you gives, it gives you so much energy and so much joy. Yeah. And so ask yourself that question and then think about, think back in situations in your life where you've had that, that feeling, where you've had that sense of fulfillment. I, I think that's, that has for me has been key. And for me, that has always been like uh, small groups and training and coaching and, and uh, mentoring people. So that's one thing. The other thing to finding your purpose, what is really being really important is having a coach. Yeah. So uh, I've, been, I've been coached by you, Josh, for several years, um, but also by others. Um, yeah. And that's, that's so powerful because they speak into your life and they get to know you. Um, and they say like, Jonathan, you think too lowly of yourself or too highly or, <laughs> yeah. So they could, they could give input that you, that you never thought about yourself. So, and then the third thing is like, you just need to try, you know, I, I'm, I'm always amazed when I look at Paul in Acts chapter nine, he has this amazing vision and, and God says like, you need to go to the Gentiles. And he wakes up and he goes to the Jews. And I'm like, Paul, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, like, are you disobeying God? No, it was a preparation phase because 12 years later in Acts 13, he was sent out to the, to the Gentiles. First, he had to learn a lot of things. They need to grow yeah. into his character and to his gifting. So it's also testing it out, you know, testing it out. And the final thing I want to say, I've I've had a lot of uh, help with uh, personality tests like a DISC, like an APAST, yeah. like a myers Briggs, or there are sterile, ton, tons of them that can help you, Strengths Finder. Um, that helps me as well to really understand who you are and what your purpose is. Hmm. Um, and yeah, the final thing, maybe it's like you, you need to spend a lot of time with God. You know, he's, he, yeah. Lord, what is what? What what's your purpose for my life? Ask it to Him. Hmm. Maybe you get a vision, a dream, or something, or or a picture, or a word, or a scripture. Um, yeah, yeah, that's good. And I think you've put in some rhythms in your life where you can ground yourself into what God has says, and He can speak into your life. Um, what are some of those rhythms that you have put in your life? Um, yeah, so I have a rhythm of daily prayer in the morning and in the evening. And then um, I had it uh, weekly as well when I took a morning off, which I, I need to put in. Uh, but sometimes life uh, gets gets ahead of you. But so that's what I had weekly. And um, every year I try to go away for several days to go to a, a, a silent place. 
uh, to mm-hmm. parade to for several days, like three to four to five days. Um, and I journal a lot. So journal, taking time to reflect and pray and yeah. So that will be rhythms. Yeah, those are really good. I think the the practice of going away every year, of reflecting on the past year, of praying through, hey, God, what do you have for this coming year? I know yeah. that you know every year you ask God for a word for the coming year. Um, yes, exactly. And so that's driven you a lot throughout. Say you know, say for 2019, it was a certain word, and that that word you're you're expecting that to come to fulfillment, and so it actually drives you and your purpose and your calling to to grow into it, whatever God has for you that year. Um, I think it's a it's a great practice and it's something that people should reflect on and ask God to give them uh, what what it is for the coming year, what word He has, what are the things that He wants you to grow in and be with you uh, in your work and your journey with Him. It's good. Yeah, every every end of the year, I I always uh, do this exercise where I say red, orange, or green. So. Mm-hmm. Red is what do I need to stop? So is there something, Lord, that you want me to stop? Orange is something you want me to continue. And green is something that you want me to start. Is there something new that you want me to do? Uh, based on exactly what you said, I always reflect on this last year. And I asked the Lord for several words uh, for the coming year. Um, yeah, and it gives me focus. Uh, and, and also not only focus, it's also... A time of celebration and joy and uh, and and uh, looking looking back is good, you know. You can mm-hmm. also reflect and learn, you know. It's, it's also the time, you know. If you set aside time to reflect and to be still, you can, uh, yeah. You have the uh, opportunity for God to speak into your life, and you can learn and you can grow. If you just don't, then then you just yeah, you just being get get numb or so that that's what I'd really yeah, this really what I'm really doing on a daily, weekly, yearly basis to really stop and reflect and 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 take the time to listen to what God wants me to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's so important. And part of as you started to speak and your your calling and your purpose started to coalesce, one of the things you started doing uh, was more business for mission and something specifically called Pioneer Business Planting. What's Pioneer Business Planting uh, and why is it important? <laughs> yeah, so uh, Pioneer Business Planting is uh, is a five-day consultation um, that's specifically designed for uh, church planners and disciple makers in Africa and Asia. Uh, and what we do with that is that we help um, African and Asian church planters to become self-sustainable uh, by starting a kingdom business, but also using business to make disciples and plant churches. Yeah. And uh, so why it's really important is, uh, yeah, we see a lot of movements right now uh, that are emerging, which is amazing. And mm-hmm. um but some of these, they lack sustainability. So we see people that uh, have a difficulty with finances. So most of these people cannot rely on support raising. So yeah. m- most of them have a business sorts of. So how to combine 
business to make money and to put food on that table, put your kids to uh, school, but also not only that, but also to have a fuel in that tank to go to an unreached people group. Uh, there needs to be some source of income there. Right. And um, so that's the sustainability part, which is really important, but it's not only the sustainability part, it is also the extension of the gospel part. So if you want to go to a community that is closed and you can't go there, but you go in there and you do research for your business that you want to want to start and you don't come in with, with the discipleship or gospel uh, card, you yep. start a business first and you engage with the community. You're going to serve them. And from there, you build a relationship. You're going to bring, bring Jesus there. So it's really an acceleration as well of movements where we accelerate the where we do business and disciple making. I always say two pedals on a bicycle, they accelerate one another yep. uh, to go even further. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. yeah, that's really good. So what has been some of the fruits of that in different places? Yeah, let me tell a few stories because stories always uh, <laughs> yeah. work. Um, yeah, so one of our church planters, I'm always talking about him, but he is uh, Gibson from, from Malawi. And um, we started three years ago working. We did a pioneer business planting consultation. I've been coaching him. And um, yeah, he started, he had a print shop, a very small print shop uh, just at his at his house. And um well, we, we started talking and he said, okay, what, what area can you grow? And he said, well, I actually think I need to find another location where more customers can come. So he moved his shop to a bigger road. Um, from there, more customers came in. And um, one of his disciples, he was a former Muslim. He started to follow Jesus and he is a manager in his business now. Mm-hmm. And his friendship is growing. So, uh, he has like schools as customers in the area, but also Muslim people are coming in that live there. He's serving them, helping them with printing, with computer lessons, with uh, repairing of computers. Um, and out of the money that he made from that business, he built his own house. So he could um, have more people living into his house. Like, uh, uh, yeah, several people are, are living now with him besides his, uh, his, his own family. He started the uh, grocery store, a fish and chips business, and he's renting out, he's built homes that he's renting out now. But, you know, the thing is that he's combining business and church planning because they started a network of around 30 house churches now where some of his disciples are working to his business. But not only that, they are also um, starting businesses themselves. So we have been, he's been teaching and training pioneer business planting to the locals while they're making the disciples. So someone is starting a goat business, some, another lady starting a cosmetic shop. And yeah, so here we see the combination of, of business and church planting merged. Wow. Um, that's cool. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's one story. I can, I can tell more, <laughs> but that's one, one story. <laughs> Well, it's amazing that it's actually, it's not just uh, about planting businesses and sustainability, but it's actually propelling the kingdom of God and extending the kingdom of God in places where Jesus isn't yet known. Um, And so there has to be some strategy, a part of it. Um, What are some of the things that you talk about uh, 
in Pioneer Business Planting as the combination of strategy of both business and uh, extending the kingdom? Yeah, so we talk about, uh, for example, um, about First Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6 till 9, where Paul says, like, I planted a pole of water, but God gives the increase. Mm-hmm. And um, so we are uh, comparing starting a business with sending, uh, planting seeds. So we say, like, we do it together as a group, like uh, different people, Paul, Apollos, but God is the one who makes it grow and he gets the glory. He's the king. So we are talking about your business is, is actually God's. God's. God is the owner and you are a steward. Yeah. We talk a lot about ownership and stewardship because a lot of the people that, that want to start businesses, they, it's, they, they're in there for the money. We have people come as well, like after day two, why, why don't you give us money? Uh, <laughs> we, don't, we don't give money. We don't give them a fish. We teach them how to fish. Yeah. Um, so it's so a lot about ownership and stewardship. And, and from there, we, we talk about the word of God. We see, for example, uh, we, we, we just finished one of the sessions, but uh, you see that in the 133 appearances of Jesus in the Gospels, 122 of them were in a marketplace context. Yeah. So Jesus was, I always say Jesus was at a party, uh, uh, going for a Roma party or going to a, to a party, but he was always <laughs> around people. He was always in the marketplace. So yeah. he was in houses. He was in, in uh, around people. Um, so besides that, almost always parables. I think there were 52 parables, 42 of them. Um were let me see if i say these numbers correctly yeah now 52 parables and 45 of them were in a marketplace context so he was talking about farming a lot eh? about weeds and tares and uh, about um, yeah a lot about money giving away talents eh? so jesus has a lot of parables that is a marketplace context so we we talk about um yeah, sometimes we, we see like business and church are separate. Eh? Sometimes people mm. feel like church is a Sunday service and business is during the week. But we, we just, there's no sacred secular divide. We just say like, no, you can be church within your business. Yep. So just like Jesus was, he was out and about. He was in a marketplace. He was bringing the kingdom of God by healing people, sharing stories, bringing the word of God. Uh, so we really talk from different angles about the combination of business and church. Yeah. And we often think we, we think strategy a lot. Uh, we think concept uh, when it comes to missions. Um, but we, sometimes we forget that it's really a people business and that life with God is a people business. Like we're, we're, we're meant to be in and among people um, having conversations, pointing them uh, to the kingdom um, you know, Jesus constantly asked questions. He told stories. Uh, he was interacting with others. Uh, he didn't give, you know, 25 precepts for living. I mean, even, you know, in the Sermon on the Mount, which is great, like, hey, this or that. A lot of what he's doing is saying, here's some, here's a story and a parable of, of how you can take some, some kingdom truth and apply it to your life. 
Um, and so we we know that story is important. Um, and so, I mean, one of the methods that you, you use when you're teaching pioneer business planting is through story. And you you don't even have a, a written curriculum. You have a, a curriculum as well that is just pictures. Um, yeah, it's true, yeah. And so how is, yeah. why is that important and how does that work? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, we've, we've had this conversation now for 45 minutes or 40 minutes. And I, th I think I already shared five or six uh, stories. So <laughs> stories is just key. It's the stories is really, really important. And um, so, yeah, why we do it like this, because um, the African and Asian context is very visual um, and they have like an, an a visual context and mm -hmm. an, and then a modeling culture instead of a written culture. Uh, people don't write a lot there, yeah. Uh, so it's a lot of visual. And I actually think that um, we within the West. Let me talk about myself, but I even think that uh, that's a better way of remembering anyway through story and through visual thinking yeah. uh, than having it on paper. But so it's it's a it it works better in their in their context and um, and I I actually think it 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 works very well in a Western context as well. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Uh, because it's uh, stories are emotional, uh, they apply to your specific context where you are, so you can remember it better than than having an having an abstract word, you know. So uh, and and we see that. That's one thing. And the other thing is we see that people can just take the pictures and they can share the pictures with their friends very easily. And they can just explain what they see on the pictures and people remember right. it and they can pass it on very, very quickly. Yeah, it's a lot easier so it's, to it's reproduce. So it's just a storybook. Yeah. Easier to reproduce, exactly. So we don't, you don't need, we don't need any translation for this. You know, it's like uh, only for the facilitator's manual that people they're going to teach, but it, there's there there's no book uh, with a lot of no it's just it's just a book with pictures you know <laughs> yeah um, so it's 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 easier yeah yeah that's good so one of some of the concepts what are the some of the concepts or the principles that uh, you have seen work uh, in Africa and Asia that tra would translate into the West uh, and how business people can interact and extend the kingdom of God where they're at? Well, one of the things that, um, that we, we are learning uh, and, um, is like we need to start small. So we start small and uh, start with a small seed and, and see if it will grow. Mm -hmm. uh, so sometimes people come with this crazy big ID and they're going to do it and, and they don't do a lot of research so, and then they're going to fail. So we say like start with something small, um, do research also in your community. So we say 90% planning, 10% execution. So spend some time on planning, uh, on doing research also in the West, it's really important. And from there, test if your idea is valid, if it's working, if you have cust customers from there, you can scale it up. Um, yeah, that's what I would say. Yeah, and, and I think uh, budgeting is really important. So make sales projections. And generally, sales projections are always too optimistic. 
<laughs> yeah, because everybody wants their business to grow. Yeah. Right. So when you, so we need to be real, re- realistic as well, which is hard at times because you're so excited and you want to see it happen, but you, you'll need to be realistic. And, and I think what is really important is the business coaching. So I'll just, what I mean by business coaching is just being very intentional in raising up leaders and very, very personal with them, being involved in their lives. What are your struggles, your challenges? Pray for them, pray with them. Um, yeah. What are the aspects, some of the aspects of, uh, of a coach that's really important uh, that you have seen in your own life? Um, What's helped you? Uh, several points. The first, which is by top, the most important encouragement. Um, uh, Hebrews 3 says, encourage one another daily um, so you don't fall into sin. And I'm reminded of Acts chapter 5 where Barnabas is called the son of encouragement. Um, so everybody needs encouragement to move on. Uh, do not uh, become weary in doing good. Paul yeah. saying so I I really think that encouragement is is top one it's very very important and if you have an accountability or you have a coach that week speaks to you weekly or sometimes daily yeah. <laughs> you know uh, you will be encouraged by moving on um, so that has helped me a lot the second thing is um, accountability so accountability is like you talk with the coach and the, the coach gives you like, what do you feel God is saying you should do? Yeah. And then, okay. It's, 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 it's not about my coach. It's about what God is saying to you, Jonathan, that you feel God is saying you should do. How you, how right. can you obey him out of love? Yeah. So, and, and my, my coach keeps me accountable. Like how has that been going? So that's the accountability. The third is the outside input that I get. So, have you thought about this? Have you? What do you think about this? Asking questions for you to start to think, but also get an outside influence, things that you, you I have blind spots. I have yeah. a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, so I don't see it, you know, but if somebody else comes to me and, and he asks questions from a different angle, I can learn, I can grow and I can understand it better. I think the fourth part is they pray for you. You know, prayer is, is, has changed my life. Um, yeah, that's that's so key. And, and coaching to me is is, uh, is is not fluffy. You know, it's very intentional. Yeah, it's very intentional. Raising up leaders to make disciples and plant churches and plant businesses that multiply. So it's not once a month we have a call and we see how we're doing. No, it's very intentional. Like we look back, we look up, we look forward, we pray for one another really be intentional and how do you okay what are you gonna do what do you feel god is saying you should do so that has really uh changed my life actually yeah that's yeah. good i mean the, the one thing that you know we're trying to figure out is how do we how do we measure fruitfulness uh on the field um and the one thing that i really want to measure the only thing that matters really is is faithfulness and intentionality if you're faithful to what God has called you to do and you're intentional by putting one foot in front of the other, um, God's the one that takes care of fruit and, you know, he's the one that grows things and multiplies things. Uh, what we can control is our own faithfulness. What we can control is our intentionality. Um, and yeah. so we just need to be faithful and intentional and, and 
all that we do. Um, what? Yeah, it's true. One last true. thing I, I want to say uh, before I get to a couple of questions at the end is, is where do you see God moving on the earth that gets you really excited right now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a very good question. But I, I just want to have a, a small comment on, on just what, what you said. Yeah. Because um, I've been researching, I've been researching a lot lately on the theory of goal, goal setting and what the science is saying. And, yeah. and a lot of the goal setting was about, um, yeah, very like uh, smart goals, which I think they're very good still, but like in five year goals uh, right. with numbers and uh, everything. And, and I, I have been, a little bit like uh, I don't know if that's really going to work. You have result goals and process goals. So process goals is something that you can use. You said like faithfulness. So faithfulness yep. would be praying for half an hour a day or going meeting five people at a day. That's yep. something you can do, but you can't control the results. So you can't know how many churches will be planted or how yep. many businesses, but you can be faithful in the process. And uh, so I, I, that, that has been shifting in my mm, mind a lot because I was, I'm very results oriented, yeah. you know, <laughs> I just, I just want to have businesses started and numbers. <laughs> and I, I, I think that's good, but we need to go through process goals instead of res, res, result goals. Good. Yeah. So, so where do you feel God is exciting? God is moving on the earth. Oh man. We have been working with a team in Kenya um, and this this guy has started the bakery several years ago with street kids. So they are around 15 till 25. So they've come to Christ. We have baptized them. Um, and what happens now is that we have done some budgeting in his business. So we helped him to do some bookkeeping. He, he never know. He, sorry. He never knew how his, his money flow went. So money came in and the next day yeah. it was gone. And uh, now he says, Jonathan, I am just I, I now know how much money I make. <laughs> and uh, last week he sent me a picture and he said, Jonathan, I, I I've put tiles in my house. It was a concrete floor, so wow. I was there in March. And now he could put tiles on his because he knows what's happening in his business. He's making money. He's saving money. He never saved money. Wow. He never did it. So. Yeah. Now he said, I bought a second motor motorbike so I can go further. I added 10 more clients uh, and, and he's loaning to his people in his church to start businesses. So you see complete sustainability and transformation happening combined with the church planting in that community. It's just so incredible. Wow. Uh, I remember one of your I, your vision and mission is to see transformation happen from within. Eh? Yeah. And, and uh, uh, I really like that. Yeah, that's, that's your, your vision. I like, that's what's what I see happening. You know, yeah. it's just amazing to see Oh, I can put my kids to a school. Now uh, I can uh, help other people start businesses. I can give away, you know, I can put tiles on my floor. Uh, <laughs> so not because I have a lot of money, but I can just afford it and I can, you, you know, that's, that's to, to me is incredible. Yeah. 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 That's great. Uh, two questions that I like to end with. One is if you could give advice to your 21 year old self, what would you say to yourself? I would say to my 20 year old self, uh, get a coach as soon as possible <laughs> mm. that really loves you. Uh, and take time to reflect and take time to learn. Great. Um, and then what's uh, something that you've been reading or watching 
that you could recommend? I really like uh, Tiny Habits from BJ Fogg about uh, habit creation. So I, I, I read from a lot of different angles. So I read yeah. business books a lot, but I, I read from everywhere. So I, I really like the Tiny Habits, which is how to get tiny habits into your system to change. So go go into process things instead of res, res, results again. So I, I really like that one. Um, I really like Michael Simmons. Michael Simmons is writing a lot about mental models. So yeah. like the 80-20 rule and uh, goal setting. And so there are more fundamental principles that you can apply on, on uh, any aspect of your life. And I really like that a lot as well. So Jonathan, thank Amen. you. Um, this You're was welcome. a great conversation. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, it was really good to talk to you. Thank you. I'm I'm honored to be in your pod- podcast, uh, Josh. Thank you for this conversation. It was great. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you want to see more episodes like this, go to patreon.com slash shifting culture and become a monthly patron of the show. You can help us produce more episodes so that we can see the body of Christ look more like Jesus. If you become a patron on patreon.com slash shifting culture, you will get early access to episodes. You will get episode guides. You will get bonus shows, hopefully, and more. So go to patreon.com slash shifting culture and become a monthly patron. Also, leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, It really helps us out and helps us find new listeners to the show. And just go and share this podcast with your friends, your family, your network, people that you think would enjoy it as well. Thank you again for listening to the show. I hope you have a great week.